Welcome to the KFA Podcast, where our mission is to keep faith alive by kicking ass. Episode number, well, officially episode number one. We've got a couple of filmed already, but we'll just call this episode number one. Uh, so a couple of people in the room. Go ahead, let's say who you guys are, uh, and we'll start off with that. Start down there. I'm Connor Webb, Cardinal Financial, KFA. Um, I'm a loan officer with Cardinal, and then I also have been helping with video at Cardinal, and then also with, with KFA, so part of the marketing marketing team. I'm a humble owner of Couch GM. And, yeah, uh, GM on the Fastest couch. Fastest growing YouTube channel. GM on the couch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, Dayton Parks. Um, been a realtor for seven and a half years, and a little over a year ago started um, running business development at Cardinal Financial and started KFA and whatnot. I'm Chad Parks, branch manager here at Cardinal Financial. Been in the business for 18 years. Uh, I guess call me a co-founder of KFA. I don't know. And I'm just uh, the marketing guy over here at KFA now. Um, Larry Hales, been part of the real estate community now for about 15 years, locally in Vancouver for about 10 years, which is hard to believe has been that long already. So crazy. Uh, yeah, so part of the marketing team here. And like Connor, he, Connor does a lot of the video content, and I'm doing a lot of the strate- strategy content around, yeah, for helping real estate agents come up with strategies yes, around sir. their marketing. So uh, so KFA, interesting name, interesting concept. Like just kind of maybe expand on, like, where did the thought process, how did you come up with KFA? Like what was, what was the uh, inspiration behind it? Well, I guess it started when uh, Dayton and I were sitting around one day and we're, we're kind of um, going through some ideas and talking about how we want to start developing marketing. And uh, we just, as we often do, we got off into sort of a tangent about um, a certain topic. In this case, it was my frustration with uh, just the general state of negativity in our business and how frustrated everybody was getting, uh, both on the mortgage side, but also on the real estate side. And, you know, something that I've just kind of always been allergic to and just during that conversation Dayton flipped something back on me which is a question that I'd always asked him for those of you who don't know uh, Dayton's my son uh, and I'm sure everybody knows that but uh, growing up anytime he'd have a, a difficult situation or you know get cut from a basketball team or you know whatever it was sorry not if you want to share that with people uh, but it was always the same question. What are you going to do about it? And so as I was sitting around, you know, complaining about the general negativity in our business, he flipped that on me and said, what are you going to do about it? Uh, and so that started a whole conversation that probably lasted several days, really, of us just kind of talking about what we wanted to do. And, um, and that's kind of how the concept of KFA began. Um, the way we arrove at the name of KFA was, I have this bobblehead sitting on my desk. That's my employees got me, I don't know, six or seven years ago. It's a bobblehead of myself, and it's, I'm pulling open my shirt, and my shirt says KFA on it. And that phrase originated 16 or 17 years ago when we were converting over to the W-2 model, and I was frustrated that I was being forced to pay all of our employees 40 hours a week times X number of hours because I wanted to just put everybody on salary. Uh, but they wouldn't let me. And so as the conversations around hey, we're occurring, we were basically just having the, the conversation, as long as you're here and you're kicking effing ass, uh, I don't care if you work 38 hours or 42 hours, we're going to pay you, you know, 
as if you're salary. So if you knock it out of the park and you get all your work done, you want to leave early and go to your kid's sporting event or whatever, as long as you KFA while you're here, I don't care. And so that's kind of where the name came from, but I'll let you take it from there, Dave. Um, so yeah, with regards to KFA, um, you know, obviously the acronym I've, I've been aware of since I was a kid, we've always used it. Um, and it's always historically stood for kicking fucking ass. And I'll say the bad word, uh, cause that's what it means. And, um, but when we started this, uh, on my end, a lot of what stemmed our wanting to build KFA, obviously stem, starting from the need for positivity in this business, um, that was present about a year ago. It's still here right now. It's a tough market we're in. Um, but about, it was back in October, we were sitting at an Ed Milet event and a, a speaker who's actually Ed Milet's pastor, uh, Erwin McManus, he was up there on stage and he was talking about, um, something that really struck a chord with me, which is why the world is in such a bad place. And his message to us was, and whether you believe in God or not, um, just bear with me for a second. He was saying that, you know, we are all born in God's image and likeness. And apart from any other species on this planet, we have the ability to imagine a new future and create it. And we're the only ones with that special gift and talent. And how that is what, when the Bible's saying we're born in God's image and likeness, that's, that's what it's talking about. Um, and so, the, but the problem, if you ever wonder, you know, if God's real or whatever, why is the world so messed up? And he said, it's, it's because the people who have taken that God-given gift and used it to their best of their abilities oftentimes are horrible people, most of the time, a lot of times. Um, in the extreme, it would be like the Genghis Khans, the Hitlers of the world, who took their ability to create and thrust their terrible vision on the rest of us and impacted tons of lives. And on a much smaller scale, there's, there's greed. There's people doing things selfishly out there. Um, and the reason that our world is so messed up from the top down is that the good people out there who also have this uh, ability to manifest the future and, and create a life of their dreams, create something much bigger than themselves, most of them, there are more good people than bad people out there, but most of us are sitting on the sidelines praying for change. And we're not willing to get our, uh, our hands dirty strap on our boots and, and get to work to, to fight to, to create the future that we want to happen. And so when we sat in that room, I mean, I don't think <laughs> this room was full of, I feel like we were probably <laughs> the smallest names in this room. Um, and there wasn't a single dry eye uh, after he delivered that message. And same thing, when we left that event, I think we didn't know what we needed to do, but we knew we needed to do something. And so the start of KFA, um, you know, was, was kind of born from that. And it started with just, we want to, we don't know where to start, but we know there needs to be positivity. So we're going to start there. Um, and now, you know, we've really started to hone in on what KFA really means to us. And it, I think it embodies that message that originally sparked the, the drive for us to take action. And so the full scope of what KFA means is we need to kick effing A so that we can keep faith alive and, uh, keep faith alive is also a nonprofit we're working on forming and, you know, we'll see where it goes. But. And it was not even a year ago. No, a lot has happened. <laughs> oh, a lot's happened. Yeah, very quick. You know, and, and we, we hear from people also, you know, wondering, or, or just, and we seek out the criticisms too. We want to get better, but we hear stuff like, you know, our message hasn't been clear yet. And there's a lot that we need to work on. Um, but the reason for that is that we took action before we had a plan. I think we're, we're uh, very much of the mindset that ready, fire, then aim. Like we're not going to get stuck trying to figure out the best possible way to do it. 
or you know think 10 steps down the road when we really just need to just take action and then we'll figure it out from there so how, how many days did we have from when we decided to start to do the event until when it when it happened it was like 40 some days 50 days 58 58 yeah yeah, yeah. 58 days and that was we moved it back a week uh, due to a scheduling conflict otherwise we would have had 51 days but yeah that was pretty quick <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a immense amount of stress around the holiday time, which I don't think we really thought through, but it was worth it. It was scary, you guys, like having no brand and coming out and, and, and spending a lot of money to book a room that can fit hundreds and hundreds of people on the the hope that we can get people to show up is not a not a not an easy task, honestly. So we had to wager some money, kind of bet on us and um I think we left that event, that first event back in January, just extremely humbled and grateful that um, like 350 people inside of our real estate community showed up for that event. And uh, it, was, it just went better than we could have possibly imagined. So It was the start of something really cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, in fact, I remember meeting with you guys, I think it was last November yeah. when you guys kind of had the plan somewhat laid out and like even just hearing you guys talk about it, like I was super excited about it. Just yeah. like, Hey, an event is coming to Vancouver like this. Like usually they go to Portland or they go to Seattle or sometimes Vegas. And I was like, somebody's actually doing it in Vancouver. Like, and I'd been wanting to do this in the community for a long time already. Yeah. Cause I think real estate agents at the time were hungry for the information. I think they're still hungry for the information mm -hmm. by the way. Um, so when you guys came up, I was super excited about, about the prospect of having it here. Why do you think, and I've, I've asked myself this too, like, why do you think other people haven't uh, taken this approach or tried to build something like this sooner? At least, I mean, maybe a year, long time ago, but in my, my, in my seven and a half years of real estate, I haven't seen anything other than, you know, just like title events, CE classes, things mm -hmm. like that. But I haven't seen any like big events around here mm -hmm. other than stuff that's grouped into Portland. And, I think the big reason is a lot of people are trying to figure out a way to monetize off of it. You know, they're like, they want to do the event, but they want to, like, I want to, I want to make a ton of money off of this. You know, like if I'm going to bring in speakers and have all these people here, I want to, I want to make enough money to, you know, keep doing it and bring in bigger speakers. Yeah. Um, that makes that, sense. They're hard to put on too. As you guys know, <laughs> these events are, there's a lot of planning and a lot of prep, even the smaller ones, mm -hmm. like the one we just did. That, there's a lot of planning and a lot of prep and a lot of, you know, uh, money. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so KFA is born kind of out of a, a term that you guys used on a regular basis. And then you come up with a brand, you, you, you launch a, basically a brand and start an event like right away. You get 350 people to this first event, right? Mm -hmm. 350. And th I think the overwhelming a majority of people that came away from that came away with something tangible. What was the feedback from the event that you were, the first event that you guys did? Um, honestly, we, we anticipated more criticism. I think that people didn't know what to expect walking in. And so I think we did well enough that most people walked away pleasantly surprised, um, which was awesome. We, we seeked out, you know, criticism and, and we, we do, I think we had a feedback thing. We didn't, we honestly didn't get much, uh, negative feedback. There was some stuff and I don't want to like say, need, if I say the, the, <laughs> we need more we, vending machines, yeah, more, <laughs> more vending machines. Like, okay. Um, but there wasn't a ton that was tangible. So we, we actually ended up, uh, forming what's called the, the KFA inner circle, which is a group of really respected, connected, 
um, people who I think many of them share some of the same missions as us. And um, we've kind of formed this this uh, board of directors, I guess, for KFA. And so that's really helped because we've gotten a lot more criticism. I think people are willing to be more honest in that small group setting, and especially if we're like really pushing for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been that's been really good. But as far as the feedback from that first event, I think overall it was incredible. We were really surprised that there was hundreds and hundreds of photos, videos, people from that were attended it that were posting, and it was all over the internet. So I felt kind of locally famous for a week or so (laughs) if i can add to that i think that you know sorry i can't move the microphone but we we didn't really know what to expect when we first did this and it was kind of a you know we we thought we were taking a risk we're risking some some capital and you know maybe a little bit of a risk reputation if you throw something and it fizzles out but we came at it from a place of we think this is the right thing to do and we think this can help some people and if we can help some people through the tough times then you know only good things can happen so we decided to do it but to be honest with you, for two or three days after that event, like all of our conversations were like, I cannot believe how many people are talking about this. Mm. All the positivity that we got on Facebook, all the conversations, the follow-up meetings we had, just you know, thank you notes that came in, uh, emails and phone calls from people just just saying, hey, just wanted to thank you for that. I really got some good stuff out of that. I was you know trying to decide if I even want to stay in this business and, and you guys helped me to, to realize that this is a community, you know, just a lot of really good stuff. And that was honestly, I think what propelled us to want to make this something even bigger because like our whole goal was to put out some positive energy and hopefully help some people. And then to see that what we put out there was multiplied like 20 times back. It was like, Whoa, we yeah. could really do something cool here and really help a lot of people. And so that's really, what pushed us into just kind of running and to Dayton's point earlier, we, we're still figuring out the stuff. We're building an airplane, you know, as it goes down the runway, we don't, we're not event planners, but we're, we're figuring some stuff out and we're getting a lot of like-minded people to come join us now and that want to be a part of it. And I think that's really cool. So we're, we're having fun. And then you set goal, which was kind of on my list of questions as well. Like one of the goals was to just be the beacon of shining light is what it sounds like uh, for for an industry that's going through a pretty tough time right now. I would say like real estate's going through a tough time, but lenders are going through a tough time right now too. Yep. And uh, so I think I think that's the with the way that you guys came about it from an organic standpoint, I think helps. That wasn't easy, by the way. <laughs> no. I mean, it's... <laughs> I get it because we all have our, our, our guard up and most people have selfish interests, hidden agendas in mind. Um, but we, we got a lot of that. I mean, it, when we, even now, you know, we, we, we've done three events now, that one big one, and then a couple, I say smaller quarterlies, but still well over a hundred people there. And um, for the people who haven't been in that room, the people who know that we aren't making it about us, we're really like neither of us want the spotlight at all. I, I really don't truthfully enjoy having to talk on stage it's not something i want to be doing but i will um and you know it's uh, we still get that there's a lot of people who think that we're trying to do something slimy here <laughs> and this is funny you know we'll, we'll prove people wrong over time with that so kfa originally just started with youtube that was it yeah and then the very next thing we did was, was brought connor in because we needed to right. you know have some help with marketing and videography and this guy's a wizard with the cameras and the editing software the, the couch gm so yeah. so so connor tell us a little bit about like 
what uh, what your role is on the marketing team here at KFA. Yeah, kind of like the mentioned, uh, helping a lot with video. And um, I always, when I'm creating content, I try to vi visualize what that's going to look like. So we team up and we talk about, you know, what our ideas are for what we want to put out there. And then it's, you know, kind of up to me to visualize and kind of put into practice, like what we're going to be uh, filming and making out of it. Um, like, for example, that first KFA event, we did re didn't really have many things. We just had some various ideas. So it's like we get a smoke machine and, and a <laughs> red LED light and get someone in here and start making videos we brought, to see what happens. We brought six of the top probably 10 realtors in town right into our office. They agreed to film some B-roll to help us promote this event. And they walk in. We've got the smoke detectors taped yeah. up and a fog machine on. And I, I know like half of them at least were just like, they, I mean, we some of them we didn't even really know that well before this. And I know they were probably like, what? I literally took the hell of innocence. And packing tape and taped over the smoke detectors so they wouldn't, the alarms wouldn't go off. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, here we are. We've got the you know some of the biggest names in Clark County walking right in. And we're just like, hey, you're going to jump on this smoke machine and we're going to film you. But the promos came out great. Like, I, I really okay. think like the visual visuals are usually what gets people to stop that scroll. And I think they did a great job of stopping the scroll. So the visuals probably had a good impact in getting attendance as well. And we so. really worked off of the pessimism that was there in the market because, mm -hmm. you know, the intro video was various news clips talking about how bad the housing market is right now. And yeah. like, I can't imagine being a homeowner or trying to buy a home type thing and just playing off of that and into the fear of people. And then at the event, you know, we kind of talked, you acknowledge it and then kind of talk around it and how to get through it. So, right. Yeah. We had to get creative though on that initial marketing push. You know, we don't, we, you don't really think about it until you're there, but like for a first event, you have no B-roll, you have no footage to kind of paint the picture of what this event's going to be like. Yep. So we had to get really like. Yeah, creative to try and put something together that was compelling for people to show up. You guys didn't even know what the event was going to look like either. No. Right. right. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember waking up the morning of the event and just throwing up like four times because it's like all this work, nonstop thinking, hours and hours and hours, and it all comes down to this. And it's like, right. how's this actually going to go? Well, it's because most people who put on events like these, they have a whole team of people, right. you know, 15, 20 people that are doing you know, and you guys put it on all, you know, all what, four of you, maybe four or five of you. Yeah. I mean, we, we obviously have people in the office helping. They were crucial in helping us invite our agents, people we knew, trying organically get, you know, butts in seats and people to come show up and entertain, uh, dedicating a, a full day, a precious January day to, to us. And, and, uh, you know, that was helpful, but it's a lot of organizing. When it's a first year event too, you don't realize how much you need to order and buy. <laughs> like all these other events we've done since have been much easier because we don't have to think about every little thing we need to purchase first and how long it's going to take to get here. And <laughs> we only had a couple months and it was kind of stressful for sure. Yep. But. I think July or doing it in January is way better than doing it in July, by the way. Because yeah. January, it's kind of the, it's the time when a lot of, the market's down, the business is down a little bit, uh, and they're looking for ways to start off that new year. So I think that the yeah. timing of it, and so plan is to do another one January again, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't have the date officially set, but it, it's, uh, 
Worst case, it would be like first week of February. We're kind of going to base it off of the speakers that we want to land and their schedules. So Cool. Got some ideas for some good speakers already? Yeah. Yeah? Definitely. Yeah. Um, Talked to one I, this morning, didn't you? Uh, I don't think he'll be a speaker. I don't think we can afford him yet. But, <laughs> uh, but I will say his network is profound, and we, I think he's a fan of us. So I think he's going to help us out a little bit. I think every event that you guys do kind of builds it to the next level and helps build it to the next level. Mm -hmm. So to talk about like the last event that you guys just did, the AI, I think there, I, I heard more positive feedback from that than I've heard from just about anything That's great. Uh, that, you know, I've been a part of the last couple years. Um, just because I think it's a hot topic, super tangible, a lot of takeaways from it as well. Right. Yep. Yeah, I mean the that event for me, and I made a I made a Facebook post about it today. But like, you know, don't get it twisted. Like there was so much that I learned, and even in the panel discussion, like I was one of the people up there. But I mean, just so many things. Just one like one little line that someone says, and it's like, oh my gosh, he just showed me how you know, one of the examples. Like uh, I think it was Wayne that mentioned uh, the software that can edit just the little part of when you address someone by their name and AI can help you edit so it's more personal. Like that is mind blowing to me because I've always, you know, there's two ways. If you have 3,000 people in your database, you can make 3,000 videos. Hey Sarah, hey Lisa, hey Sally. And that takes forever. Or you can say one video, blanket, you know, hey friend, I'm like it's not as personal. Um, but this gives you the best of both worlds. That's a huge take. Just right there, if people implemented that, it would, up their database engagement and buy-in, so right. tons of stuff like that. Uh, so, so back to Connor, talk about video and doing videos. So you're you're kind of the videographer for KFA, and you're helping real estate agents with their video as well, right? Yeah, really. Uh, so I help the loan officers in the office with if they have any ideas or if there's, <laughs> for example, like a new program that comes out. It's like, all right, who wants to do a video right now to talk about this so that we can blast it out there, be the, be the guinea pig. And whether it's a short video, that's like a minute or less vertical, or if we do a long form video, that's more detailed in explaining the details of a program type thing. Um, if, a, if a loan officer has a realtor that is looking to do any marketing, whether it's brainstorming or yeah, putting together videos, I could help with that. Wow. So really just kind of whatever someone is looking to do, I try to make it happen. And just if I can touch on that too, one thing that I see all the time is people trying to coach from or uh, lead from a, a place where they don't necessarily have the resume to do it beforehand. Um, you know, whether that be teaching video classes or trying to teach how to grow a YouTube channel or whatever it is. And the, and the thing is with Connor is like, I mean, how many videos do you, you have videos that are over a million on TikTok and stuff like that, right? Yeah, TikTok, Instagram, have, I have a few yeah. that have over a million views. Yeah. And so he's like actually walked the walk first and built um, a YouTube channel that's taking off. And, and and to add to that, like I had no experience personally right. with any video editing, creating video. Um, beforehand, I had started a fitness brand with a buddy of mine. And so like we did some offhand like videos in the gym type thing. And that's the only experience that I had with video editing but I just bought a MacBook Pro with the editing software because I was like, you know, eventually I want to do something with this and be on YouTube for whatever reason. And so I kind of found my niche and then just, it's like what the Mariners say, it's like their slogan is 1%, just get 1% better every day. 
if you just get 1% better every video or learn learn one new editing technique per video, then you know a year from now you'll be that much better. So. Yeah. And you're over 5,000 subscribers on your YouTube. Over 6,000. Yeah. Now. now over 6,000. <laughs> I said 5,000 a month. It was 5,000 like two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. 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 The parabolic yeah. effect is setting yeah. in. So uh, I, I said we should we should start a pool on when he's going to get to 10,000, like pick dates on the calendar. And we'll, we'll, my goal everybody was by puts the end in the, like 20 bucks. My goal was by the end of the baseball season, but now that I'm starting to do football videos and other mm -hmm. sports, I mean, I think that's realistic. So totally. We'll see. Yeah. What's your current engagement on your videos? Like views every week or month? Like, well, the one that like? I looked at recently is I'm getting like th over 30,000 unique viewers watching my channel each month. So, okay. so over 30,000 people. That's huge. And in the past like three months, it's like organic. Yeah. Y'all paid. I, I started doing promotions recently just on a couple videos, which helped, but um, this is without the paid. And then uh, like 130,000 plus unique viewers over the past three months. So. Wow. And Connor's figured out this awesome formula of like taking long form content and making little short little shorts off of it and using the shorts to drive to your long form. You're kind of taking the same approach with real estate agents now, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's the same type of thing. You know, if what I always recommend, and I, I want to start teaching YouTube classes and various video classes, but focus on the long form quality content because if you make a 10 minute video talking, providing a lot of information, you could take at least five, you know, shorts from that. That's a minute each. Just like showing one. If you talk about five different topics, a short for each topic, yep. and then you get one person hooked. They go watch your long form video. So well, not to mention like people's attention spans are down so much. So it's pretty crucial to be doing that stuff. I feel like. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like I have to talk you up a little bit because he actually knows what he's talking about with this stuff, <laughs> and it's it's pretty incredible and. You know, I know there's a lot of realtors that want to grow a channel and it's so hard because you have to be in it for the long game. Consistency is everything. And it's really easy to do five, six, seven videos and then give up too early. Which is what you can most attest people do. to how long that growth takes and then something happens, you get one video that hits really good and does, it means, means the world. Yeah, I mean, I have like 500 plus videos on my YouTube channel now. So, and it took nine months to get 1000 subscribers for me. And then going from five to 6,000 took 10 days. So wow. like that first nine months, if I were to stop after a month, then I would, would have maybe 20 subscribers, whatever. Mm -hmm. But because you stay consistent with it and it's, you can't expect instant results. It's the long, the long haul. Yep. And I think that's a good lesson. Cause a lot, I think a lot of, a lot of people, when they start something like this, they go into it thinking I'm going to start getting leads right away. Yeah. And it, it's going to take a little while, but what's great about YouTube is the shelf life of your videos is so much longer. Mm. Like if I put a video on Instagram, the shelf life is maybe a day and a half, two days maximum. I've had one video that got a half a million views and I think it was up for like maybe a month and that was it. Is that like a reels? Or yeah, it was a reel. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and it was on Facebook. It was just a walkthrough of a house at the parade of homes from last year. Wow. That was it. Um, but it got me like, like mil like half a million views or something stupid mm -hmm. like that. Uh, but if I put the same video on YouTube, it like, it just keeps working and working and working mm -hmm. and working forever and ever. So right. whenever somebody looks something up, it, it's going to be relevant. And to add, add to that, the searchability of YouTube compared to everything else, because Google's the number one search engine in the world, YouTube's number two and Google owns YouTube. 
So for example, my most recent video talking about the Pac-12 falling apart, it's got like 30,000 views and half of those are purely from search on Google, wow. which is interesting. Cause that's the first video that has done that. But people are typing in on Google, Pac-12 falling apart, and then it recommends my video on YouTube. So. So if we can take some of those same concepts that you're using in your YouTube channel right now and position them with a, with the help, with our help for a real estate agent, they can potentially have almost the same impact. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to make it entertaining guys. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the hard part. That's the hardest thing that I've seen on the real estate yeah. side is some of these videos guys, they're who's, who's going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'd be surprised who watches them. Honestly, like I've seen some videos right. that are boring as hell and they got, <laughs> 50,000 views, views. Right. and yeah, it's, it's like, somebody driving through a neighborhood talking about homes in the neighborhood. You're like, this is the more, most boring video I've, but you know who watches them? It's somebody who's moving here, who's looking at the, the houses. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's the whole thing. So maybe caring about or boring is a relative term. How about that? Sure. Because what might be boring to us might not be boring to the target audience yeah. for that. Um, all right, so fast forward like June of this year, new guy comes on <laughs> who's that <laughs> uh so i kind of took the same kind of the same cadence that i was doing helping real estate agents over at the last company that i was at and just kind of adapted it for here uh so i'm almost doing the same exact thing on the same different level i guess you'd say but um just with more intent now how about that yeah more intent yeah more. I uh, I heard from three people on Friday that you that I believe it sounds like to have known you for a long time, and um, it sound what people were telling me is they've never seen you look happier before. <laughs> yeah, that's I'd say that's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'd say that's a very good sign for us. Yeah, <laughs> we're uh, super excited. I know I've told you this many times already, but man, we could not be more excited for you to be a part of what we're doing and, and to come. You know. Because Connor and Dave are both awesome, uh, I'm just here. But to add another third uh, stud to this team is, I mean, just, we couldn't be uh, more grateful. So When it kind of happened by accident, in a way, I was a part of your last uh, event up on stage with Carly, and then we just started talking back and forth. And I just I just wanted to be a part of what you guys were doing, you know? And um, and so when I, when I left my company, it was like just kind of, felt good to make a natural transition yeah. over um yeah and happy i think happy is an understatement <laughs> yeah uh-huh it just feels good to be a part of something organic that's growing that's helping mm. how weird is it this is a question for all three of you just hit my mind so let's just throw it out there how, how weird is it to be at this point in time where you know we're 18, 20 months or so into this housing recession, let's call it. 18 or 20 months from the lender standpoint, and certainly from a realtor standpoint, where business has been tough. You know, it's been tough to, to make a living. A lot of people are leaving the business. There's a lot of negativity and pessimism. But then we can also pivot 180 degrees and look at where we're heading um, and what KFA is becoming and the impact that we might likely be able to have on people. And there's, there's this sort of duality between you know, man, it's tough. It's a grind. But also, we're on the precipice of something really cool. Like, I just think about this all the time. And I just, I guess I kind of just want to throw it out there to you guys. I mean, how does that land with you? I just, to me, it's 
it's really a cool thing to be a part of. Um, yeah, I think that for us, the intangible, if I had to guess anything that, that um, has allowed us to stay positive and excited more often than not, probably more than a lot of people who are suffering right now in this industry has been that like as frustrating as the 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 micro the day-to-day can be the losing the deals the interest rates going up the the fact i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i think this is like a 30-year low of actual deals to go around loan applications loan applications um so to be in the, the in the eye of the storm but also to have that 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 pull and to, to, to have that energy from like what we are building. It's, it's been amazing. Like for me personally, I can be in a moment in time where I'm not happy about the current results, but I'm also so happy about the fulfillment because I've never been more fulfilled in my life. Like what I get to do every day is help introduce agents and, and get them into positions or connect them with Connor to help them build their YouTube channel or introduce them to you if they haven't met you or, or do whatever I can to, to give and to, to, to help them survive this season. Um, even if I can just help them just a little bit. And then I get to look around and, you know, half the lenders in this office, they knew me when I was like 10 or 12. <laughs> I mean, and, and I get to be a part of maybe helping them just, you know, get, build one more connection, one more relationship, just get a little bit more juice out of the, the tough environment we're in so that they might have a better chance of surviving. And, um, I mean, at least up until this point, we, you know, we haven't had any lenders in our office have to exit the business yet which I think means we're probably bucking the average. Um, it still hasn't been easy, but this is the first time in my life where I, like every, all of my energy is focused on other people, not what's in it for me first. Feels good. It's amazing. Yeah. And so Cardinal, the, lo- the loan officers that are here, I think have like a huge advantage, <laughs> by the way, like having a media team, like they have a media team and they have a marketing guy and they have a business development person, I just I see it as like a it's a win-win situation. They get the beauty of the brains of KFA and and every advantage that comes with you know Cardinal as well. So yeah, and also our daily pipelines that we have in our team meetings, sales trainings every week, so that we can hear from Chad and on what's going on in the market to better understand what's actually happening. So that instead of just running in circles in panic mode, that you understand what's happening and realistically what's going to happen next. And then just the, I'm naturally an optimistic person, but to have the optimism to help with, you know, things being slow. And then also I was going to say, uh, the proper stress creates growth. So like if you go to the gym, you put stress on your muscles, so you're going to grow the same thing can be applied here to where it's like there's stressful times, but if it's applied properly or the proper, you know, reaction to it, then you're just going to grow from it. Yeah. I mean, we, we know that on the other side of this, season we're in is going to be record years most likely because we're if we're able to capitalize build more relationships and 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 help the people and help hold them up through this time so that they can survive our realtors our our partners in this business um they'll remember that that that, you know we didn't fold and many others have and so just sticking around is is helping quite a bit but i just yeah i think that from in terms of Cardinal, if we're separating from KFA for a second, what I feel like is probably different here and from most places is, is actually how, how we're going through this together. Like, I think where people really start to struggle and get in their own head is, is when they, they're doing this by themselves. Mm. And I know most lenders have a team, but I talk to realtors every single week who are 
hurting. And they, most of them actually are under an illusion that um, it's their fault, that they're doing something wrong. Because what they're doing right now, the actions they're taking used to close 40 deals a year doing those actions. And now they're at 15 and they feel like it's their fault. And being able to do this as a group and a very tight knit group at that, like at least for our team, we realize that we're all hurting right now. We're all not happy with the results right now. And we're not blaming ourselves for that necessarily as much as the market in the season. And then together we decide, okay, if we can't win with income right now and hitting our record numbers this year, then where are we going to win this year? And for us, it's market share, it's exposure. We need to get our names out there. We need to build more relationships now. While other people have their heads in the sand, this is our time to grow relationships. And those might not pay us today, but I'd be willing to bet it's gonna be very important a year or two from now. It's kind of the Gary V mentality. It's very Gary, very, very Gary V-ish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like his whole give, 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 and then ask, you know, that's kind of his mentality. Mm -hmm. It's what he's been preaching like pretty much his entire life is, you know, you just, you keep giving and it'll come back to you. And sometimes you don't even have to ask. It just comes yeah. back naturally. I like uh, the jab, 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 right hook, Gary yeah. V's philosophy. It's my favorite book. Um, I think more than that philosophy, I like Alex Hermosi's. Uh, I heard him say it on a podcast, but it's what he does is give, 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 then maybe ask. Yeah. Just give. And, and, and it's scary to do that because like throwing the first event, for example, that was a yeah. lot of money to cut. And most people, and you're probably right on why most people don't throw events like that. They want to see like, okay, what's the immediate ROI? We're so we live in this world where, you know, we pay for leads and we want to measure them on month two or three and see if it pencils. And we try and create this, you know, at least three X, four X ROI. It's scary to invest in stuff where you're not going to see the ROI from day one. So. And also, Alex Termozzi says, if you're not giving enough value to where it makes you feel uncomfortable, then you're not giving enough. And if you were to give someone your entire playbook and tell them exactly how to do everything, only 1% of people would do anything with it. Less than 1%, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing Ben Kinney on stage at Inman one time. You guys know who Ben Kinney is, obviously. Yes. Yeah. So, and somebody raised their hand while he was up on stage and said, why, why are you telling us everything that you're doing to make yourself successful? And he said, well, because I know 99% of you aren't going to do anything with it anyway. <laughs> so uh, he was looking for the 1% in the audience that did want to take it to the next level, and then that would be part of his team. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. that was his mentality. But same kind of thing is uh, my goal has been all along to reverse that trend. So when I'm teaching somebody how to do something, I, I don't want them to just see how to do it. I want them to implement it. I want them to come to me and say, Larry, I need your help to implement these marketing strategies. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's where I like to go to the next level. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want them to be the 99%. I want them to be the 1%. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so the goal is to kind of future, future goal for KFA. What's next? <sighs> I mean, <laughs> We, we talk about stuff all the time, and, and it's a constantly evolving thing, but we want to continue to build the footprint, continue to build the tribe. Uh, and we think in the short term, you know, continuing to have events and bring more value and give more value uh, and try to grow it as much as we can is a big part of it. Um, eventually, I don't know if we want to get into that today or not, but... Let's do it. Um, okay. Eventually, we, we, our hope is that as we contribute uh, towards getting through this tough time, 
and we build you know um, some equity with our real estate community as a whole that we'll get to a point in time where we can say hey glad to know we're through it times are better we're all making money again and maybe we can just have a little tap on the shoulder and say hey you guys want to chip in and be a part of the next thing um, and so what we want to do is over time uh, we want to turn KFA into a philanthropic machine we have aspirations to do many many things we need to start off small we need to get clear on the message we need to you know be methodical in how we roll it out but this community not just in Clark County but that's kind of where we're focused today but you know this real estate community more than any other community that I can think of um, has within you know one or two degrees of separation knows every person in the county everybody knows an agent and if they don't they know somebody who does so you know we have a situation where if we can build enough equity with this group the amount of equity that we think we can build uh, we think we can create something here where we can affect some real change in our community um, and I don't know if you want to elaborate on that but I, I think there's some real power in that yeah I mean if I can just be a little more a little bit more candid with it um, we haven't went for our ask yet and I think most people are thinking that they're gonna get a call from us and that ask is gonna be will you send your business to Cardinal and Truthfully, I'll just put it all out there. The ask is going to be, hey, have we done enough? Have we earned your respect enough that you're willing to join this fight to make Clark County a better place, to keep the stuff that's happening in Portland out of here? That's what we want to do. Where do we start? How do we start? Those are things that we're still working through. And how do we make a transition from, oh, they do really cool real estate events to philanthropic and, and not confuse that message? There, there's so many nuances that we're trying to carefully work through, and we don't want to confuse anyone. Um, but we know where our hearts are being pulled and we know that we're called to just create the space for it. And, and, I, and I think that we just have to walk. It's like, you know, driving down a road at night. We, we can't see beyond our headlights. So it's a little bit intimidating to know how far we might be from that. But we're just going to keep taking steps. And I, I have confidence that um, just so far, you know, every time we've been nervous, like, are people going to show up for this event we just spent a bunch of money on? It happens. You know, people, people show up. And... Um, so I hope that when the day comes and you're, we tap your shoulder and ask you to join this fight to help us serve in a, in a couple different manners, and when we have things a little bit more clear, that you're going to say, "Heck yeah, you know, I want to be a part of that." And if we can create um, a massive amount of soldiers in Clark County in the real estate community, extremely connected individuals, we can help a lot of people, and we can help clean up the streets, and we can help get people. It's not even just money, right? Like our connections, we can connect. We can be the ultimate connector. It's an army. And that's why. That's why you know we, we always say together we rise, and and that's that's very much true. And it's not just about mm. like the most simple way to put it is KFA is put on by the community. We bring community members in to 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 speak. Um, obviously, we organize a lot of it, and that's our role. But we don't make it about us. KFA is put on by the community for the community of real estate agents and real estate professionals. But the part we haven't explained yet is it's by the community for the community so that we can change the community at large, which is outside of the real estate community. Yeah. And if we do enough and the ask shouldn't be, the ask isn't going to be that difficult. In fact, right. you shouldn't ask for business. I feel like if you do enough, you, the business is just going to come to you. People are going to want to do business with you because, because yeah. they like you. Yeah. Right. Since we started KFA, <laughs> yeah. there's been a lot of realtor relationships that have started, and we haven't approached them. And there's been a lot of 
amazing new talented loan officers who have joined our team and we haven't recruited them um so that's already starting to happen which is crazy i don't think when we put this on we were thinking this is a three-year plan you know before anything crazy cool happens before we have pleasant surprises you know we didn't recruit you it just happened organically because and and so we're starting to see that effect it's addicting i'll tell you that it's exciting to just feel like every day at least in my role i know you know he's got to deal with a bunch of trouble files and all the bs of the actual industry but my role is just go make relationships and help other people succeed and enjoy like every step of the way it's fun and then good stuff just happens and we don't have to worry about that so but i will say like i hope when that day comes and we do ask you to join the the, the fight for the, the cause the the nonprofit that we're putting together right now um pitch in yeah absolutely i yeah. hope that we've built enough respect trust authority that you don't think twice about it. And it might not even be something that they need to pitch in monetarily for. It could mm -hmm. be pitching in time or effort or energy or resources or... 100%. Yeah. Well, the law of reciprocity is a real thing, and it magnifies. So if you're a religious person or not, you know, you can refer to Malachi 310. Uh, but if you give, you receive. And it's not a one-for-one one distribution. So if we can give to others and then have a compelling effective way to compel them to to give to other people then it just continues to magnify and that's what we want to do and we want to sit back and see how how big this thing can become i like the analogy of building the plane as you're flying it down the runway yeah but i have a feeling like it's about to take off <laughs> yeah i sure hope so yeah, yeah i'm excited we're gonna we're gonna take it up to the next the next level at this next event it won't be until january february the next uh real estate summit not the quarter lease um we're in a constant battle because I'm trying to get them to pay more money for these big names and big speakers and people you guys all know. Um, we're still in a tough market to cut big checks, but we'll see. We're going to figure it out. And, uh, I'm, I, I think we're going to bring the house down. I'm excited. Cool. Anything else to add in closing? Just join in, be a part of it. Let's KFA together. Absolutely. We do need to kick fucking ass so we can keep faith alive. We need more of you guys, more good, people of, I'm not even gonna say of God, people of love, to deploy it to, when you, when you have that interaction that seems meaningless with a waiter, to make their day feel a little bit better. Hold the door open for that person. The small meaningless interactions, they matter. And we need more people to operate that way. And we're in a moment in time where everybody's focused on themselves, focused on their bank accounts, focused on their family, their survival. But I think it's, what I would say is it's the trick of the world. It, the world's telling you to focus on yourself and to not, you don't got time for that stuff. But the more you focus on the people, other people to help, you're going to get, It'll you're, come back. you're going to get the help you need. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. KFA. 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 All right, let's go. Welcome to the KFA podcast, where our mission is to keep faith alive by kicking ass.